Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to Your Questions Answered, our live Q&A on the What Culture Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. Thank you everyone who's joined us for this today. Uh, we are the Dadley Boys. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by Michael Hanfler and Michael Sidgwick to answer your burning wrestling questions. Thanks to everyone in the chat already and thanks to everyone who's already donated. I'll try and get Thank through you. as many questions as possible. If you have a burning question you desperately want uh, answered, uh, if you donate to the channel, first of all, it helps us and second of all, it gets you noticed. Just like someone who slid in before we even started to donate $20. Thank you, Matt Rains, as always. <laughs> the God. Uh, who starts us off saying, I had to be up at 5.30am to catch this. Oh, that's quite nice. Uh, Thanks, but you Matt. all wouldn't understand waking up early to watch something that you love. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good, partner. Yeah, yeah. That's good. You've got uh, us there, you piece of shit. Oh. <laughs> one joke, one question for you, Sidgy. Uh, how does AEW get hot again when fans just want Cena and Taker on their TVs? Oh, boy. Um, loaded question, Matt. Big old question. <laughs> question Arena. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Right, what I would do, I, I would just be AEW again. Just turn back time. If I could turn back time. <laughs> to February 2020. Like, I honestly think at this point, uh, you, they've built too much. They've tried to build too many wrestlers at once. They have signed too many wrestlers at once. I can't see this going away with Collision. At the forefront, I just cannot see it happening. It's diluted the appeal of AEW. It's led to these lower gates. It can never be hot if it doesn't really feel hot, and you're not going to feel hot if you've only got 2,500 people mm. in these 16,000-seater arenas. The optics, the vibe, it's all wrong. Um, I would start taking a few shortcuts personally. I will grab Kenny Omega by the scruff of the neck, and I don't know if I would belt him. I would certainly think about doing a huge belt that man up. Like, I think the big problem with AEW in a general sense uh, is that they've made a rod for their own back by being the masterpiece factory. Um, they have made a rod for their own back, feature and bug, by being the, the range, the we'll, we'll do everything, we'll sign everyone. Because when you don't get your own personal version of everything, it always feels bittersweet. Like, even close to its very best, AEW offers as a promotion so many possibilities. That's the dream of AEW. This You can get a seminal match every single week. 
You can do, you can import anyone, you can sign anyone. It's the dream that no longer feels as such. So I would basically just be bold, make the dream happen. Do the very best with what you have right now. Stop dithering. Mm. Once the MJF title reign is over, and I'm not suggesting any knee-jerk title switches, given the fact that he's been less than acclaimed in recent weeks, do a big Omega Danielson program. Just play with the toys you have already purchased. Like This is not like a direct creative solution. And I've never quite bought into the, you know, the, the, we grew up with business is cyclical creed as an excuse, as an obvious excuse for bad creative. But there is some truth to that as well. You know, you've, there's evidence, mm -hmm. years, 20, 30 years going back that it is. Is it like, I think you could argue in both February 2020, your favorite period of AW, summer 2021, Martin, on both occasions, there was this feeling of, get him. So like NXT was there to be throttled and strangled. In 2021, post-pandemic, WWE was there to be caught. Remember, the, like Jericho said it, and we give him a bit of grief for it, but we we're all thinking it. They're going to mm. catch Raw. They're going to catch Raw. It did for two weeks. There were, you know, there was that. There was some evidence suggesting it was going to happen around All Out 2021. It was like, I know it was like fantasy booking, but are we like a Brock away from this just being the, the tide turning? As daft as that now yeah. sounds, like they cannot get him. This AEW cannot get WWE, and you know WWE's business is certainly more cyclical created like than we've ever seen out of AEWs. Could there come a point where it's just as simple as Triple H's current run will end, all book of gold yeah. periods do, things start to cool, you feel like you've seen everything of say it, Cody, whatever, and then like AEW just keeps being AEW and it adheres to enough of its core principles that that feeling of get them. Because if a breakout star is going to appear anywhere, it's probably going to be in AEW. If somebody's a, a guy on the Indies that's making their way, there's more chance of them being mm. in AEW. Like the next business shift still feels like it belongs in AEW because that's kind of what they're set up to do, isn't it? To take advantage of the industry rather than WWE, almost like protecting themselves from it. I just, there's no thirst for that right now, is there? There's no sense of getting them because you can't catch them. Not right now. No. No. Yeah, speaking along those lines. Thanks for the question, Matt. I really want to tackle it in a mm. longer form. Mm. So hopefully. We can do that at some point. Uh, Yanaj1 says, thoughts on NXT beating AW in the ratings two weeks in a row? <laughs> uh, I, you know, like I said this on X yesterday, like the, the other night's NXT wasn't really for me as somebody that watches NXT every mm. week. I would have loved to have seen, I don't think they'd have won, I don't think, but I would have loved to have seen how close they would have ran AW as a normal episode of NXT. The ratings war last week wasn't a war, different nights of the week. But the numbers were interesting, nonetheless, to, to sort of even get even an hour of viewership victory does speak to this like very gentle growth of NXT that we've mm -hmm. talked about. Um, they could increase the streak to three weeks, if you want to call it a streak. They could do a big, they won't beat them in the demo, they won't, that'll no. pass. You could see a narrow viewership win. And these things should be talked about, like just because, like, like obviously we all know at this point from the years of the discourse and Wednesday Night War, what numbers matter the most to, on a bottom line point of view. But it's folly not to talk about how interesting it is mm. that the like that things have shifted a little bit, you know, and like this feeling of WWE had every right to go out there and try and win that night. That was, you know, NXT's night, and they thought, yeah, it was a daft way to go and do it. It was a very <laughs> WWE yeah. way, like to solve a problem, if you want to call it a problem. And they did it that way. But like I think it's gonna be interesting to track even on separate nights. I think NXT's growth and the, the it's minimal. The conversation is minimal around NXT, but the people that like it are uh -huh. like it enough to turn out for it. And right now, that doesn't seem to be quite the case for AEW. With regards to the demo, Sid, we've got a question here from Ted the Hillbilly Heel. Thanks hey, yeah. Thanks, Ted. Thanks, Glad yeah. to see him back. Yes. Yeah. Uh, good morning, guy. Legends. If Dynamite was higher in the demo than what TBS normally airs in this time slot, isn't this still a W in Warner's eyes? S sorry. I drifted off. 
Uh, Dynamite <laughs> is higher in the demo than what TBS normally airs in the time slot. Isn't that still a W in Warner's eyes? Well, that's the thing. Yeah. This is always this Wednesday Night War, Tuesday Night War. It's a battle for optics. The people who care about it the most are kind of irrelevant. It's all about how Warner Media perceives the performance. Sorry for the uh, alliteration there. Um, <laughs> is it the work of smart people? That's no, the work of oh. And uh, if Warner Media are happy, then the AEW fan base should be happy. And there is no indication that they are unhappy at present. Mm. Um, there's this famous viral video of Jerry Seinfeld and Larry King, where Larry King gets the wrong end of the stick about why Seinfeld ended. And Jerry Seinfeld made the point of, I was big done. The creative had ran out. I just thought it was the natural time to end and go out on top. And he's exasperated. You can't do better than number one, Larry. <laughs> and that's, you know, relative to the competition, AEW had this streak in the really not too distant past where they were number one every single night on Wednesday. Mm. You literally, you can't get better than number one. So I understand that it was humiliating for AEW fans. I personally did not care. But you should be assured, I guess, that the recent performance has been stellar. Not in and of itself, but certainly relative to the competition. Uh, Jed Brown says, Sige, trick or treat? Treat? What Halloween cocktail? Treat, obviously. What Halloween... Well, you would just you wait. <laughs> what Halloween cocktail drink would you make? Or trick, AEW beats Raw in the ratings every week, but Matt Hardy is AEW champion. Oh! I, I, here's the thing. <laughs> I know this is a Joe question. Um, I'm not really a seasonal cocktail guy. I will have margaritas and Mai Tais in the winter. They're just the two drinks that I like. Um, I don't care about ratings that much. I kind of did when there was an existential threat to AEW in 2019, but I've since moved on, maybe, dare I say, matured. Okay, I don't want AEW to win at any cost. So when people point out to me that the Adam Cole pre-tape did a really good number, at what cost? <laughs> yeah. At what cost? Like, I don't want them to win a ratings war and in doing so, sacrifice everything great about that promotion. On some levels, I'd love them to be huge. Like, in 1998, WCW were able to run stadiums on television and, like, not Arthur Ashe with 10,000 people, <laughs> like, really sort of nicely lit and carnied, if you like. They ran the Georgia Dome and got, like, what, 38,000? Yeah. I'd love it to be that big, but not at the detriment of itself. Mm. And I don't think, necessarily, Tony Khan wants to beat Raw by... And I know there's recent evidence that dictates that you know, he wants to do skits and he wants to do melodrama and he wants to kind of maybe do a bloodline sort of thing. But at the same time, if he truly cared about being mainstream, about being number one, he would not have booked Brian Danielson versus Timothy Thatcher. He booked that match and I'm 38, so I should not be using this phrase, for the love of the game. <laughs> I don't want them to compromise their values he says this is a euphemism. He says it because it's good PR. Oh, well, the Challenger brand. Mm. That is a euphemism for one number two, and we have to be okay with it. But I, he loves wrestling. He wants to do it for the love of the game. And as much as I've been down on the product, 
I should have perspective and celebrate every single week that there's an, uh, an arena-sized, almost, <laughs> alternative that will do something like Danielson Thatcher purely for the love of the game and that there's an audience for it. He always measures that challenger brand very carefully and qualifies Over it. Over a rough trade in the Universal Group? Well, but he goes bigger, doesn't he? He says, you know, we're Pepsi, we're Burger King, and it's like you pick the literal two biggest challenger brands in the world. So that's a very clever yes. way of saying, like, you can be a challenger brand and be absolutely massive, and a bunch of people, as is the case, would pick your thing. Like, I like skits and nonsense and bollocks in my pro wrestling, but there was definitely a period where, like, like AW's not as hot as it should be, but where they were very, very far apart and both delivering a decent version of what they could. I would say probably, like, maybe summer 2022. Like, WWE is always going to be WWE. It's not pro wrestling, really. Yeah. The best version of AW being pro wrestling gives you kind of... Guys, you can like both companies. Like, you, you can't really, but, like... I sort of can. Yeah. Like, I want, like, as a like a WWE fan, even when it's kind of rubbish, I like to see the best version of itself. But the best version of itself is not Brian Donovan versus Swerve Strickland. Yeah. It's not. It's, mm. something, it's something else. And that's what I'm totally with Sidgwick. Like, AEW shouldn't be swayed by, like, an Adam Cole segment that we all thought was absolute trash, drawing a good quarter hour. That should be Tony Khan talking with his talent. I think, you know what, I'm going to let them do this one. Like, I'm going to show mm. them, but they want to do it, so let's let them. Roddy Strong and Adam Cole and MJF like it, so let's let them do that. No harm in that kind of man management, but he should follow his gut because his gut is a very different kind of wrestling to WWE, and that's how both sort of sit uneasily with each other, I think. Yeah. Maybe like a spooky screaming orgasm. For a, uh, he didn't listen to a single f***ing thing we said. No, that. no, no, not one. Not he was a, going, uh, does it contain alcohol or does it contain boo? Yes. Yeah, oh, uh, hi to Gary Wilson. It. Thank you. Thank you for the uh, thank you for the question, Gary. That wasn't Gary. even a good one. How far were you scrolling looking for a half? I just, I just put the first thing. First thing came up to me when I started. Spooky cocktail pun. Spooky cocktail. No, no, just cocktails being with S. That's spooky at the beginning already. Spooky. So you want to do alliteration? Yeah. What's wrong with that? Uh, I'll say it again. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin Wilson says, uh, "Good afternoon, gents. Uh, looking forward to the live show. Yes, of course. Tickets go on sale 10 a.m. tomorrow. Whatculture.com forward slash tickets. It'll be a bit like Glastonbury, though, so you want to get in there mm, early. Get in early. the queue. Um, it goes down on Tuesday, November 21st, here in Newcastle at the Mosaic Tap. Um, Five-star review, review. More Q&A like this. Uh, bloody good quiz. And who knows? Maybe some special guest appearances. Simon Miller will not be there. He retweeted it, you know. Did he? It was very nice of him to do so, but it's not the CM Punk thing that yeah. people think. <laughs> He's not going to be there. I can't stress that enough. No, we've got, we haven't got Miller. We've got, like, a kind of dickhead guy in a hat that we kind of keep around and we really like. I swear. How popular is uh, Davey is. on the video channel? Yesterday. He's a draw. I swear on Kenny Omega's labrum <laughs> that he's not going to be there. Yeah. Uh, Gavin Wilson says, though, I think we're all looking forward to Drew's heel turn. We've been raving about it, obviously, recently on the uh, on the Raw podcast, What Culture Wrestling Podcast, wherever you get your podcast from. Just because we're doing the video podcast, yeah. it's not going to change anywhere else. Um, huh? are, are you worried <laughs> they're going to call up Gallus to be his heavies because Triple H loves him some oh, factions? Why would you put that idea in my head? Now I hate it. Not after they were the only act on NXT to lose a quarter hour. Hey! <laughs> True. Yeah, like, like genuine. Well, like Triple H and Shawn Michaels love Gallus, but did, like last night was that love stretched too far because they were the only losers on a night of wins. Like you could see it in reality, uh, Triple H. And I think within three weeks, maybe there's some dissension. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Within the Scottish boys, <laughs> Joe Coffey. So I'm questioning Drew's leadership. <laughs> <laughs> like he's taking our lives, but can he take our freedom? 
and then they want to break away from him. See what I did there? Yeah, very good. You know, like that, yeah. I'll tell more of that when we get back in the office. <laughs> the, sure um, it's like, it's, it's, it's totally feasible. I would like to think at this point, and there's been examples of this in the past where Drew McIntyre has used his, like, not inconsiderable clout. I wouldn't say he's got, like, that Roman Reigns pull, but he's got some... There have been things that have happened on screen that have led me to believe kicking out of Baron Corbin's finisher that Drew McIntyre has a little bit of power backstage. Yep. And I would think he would be very careful about aligning with anybody. This character has to be a loner for him to properly make sense, especially now. And it's been handled so well. Like, that's the thing. It's it, like Drew McIntyre, possibly more than anybody right now in WWE, is revealing to me that, like, plotting can be fun. Like, I'm watching I'm watching this very carefully plotted character mm. play out, and it's quite entertaining, like, on its own terms. And Drew McIntyre is quite entertaining on his own terms. That never happens. So, like, I think he should be very careful about aligning himself with anybody. The whole point of this gimmick is he kind of only trusts himself and he only believes mm. in himself. If you're then like, I'm a three pals, <laughs> like, including this guy. He doesn't even look like a wrestler. Like, you know, like, <laughs> that's, I just, wolf gang, that's, all, that's all of them. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> I just think, yes, possibly, but that would be absolutely when you've exhausted his big singles feuds. And he's had enough. He's, to be fair to Drew, I take the piss sometimes. He's eaten a lot of shit in WWE as Drew McIntyre. Like, being sad with Gallus might be worse than not getting that big stadium title win. This is true. And uh, the next question today comes from uh, Steve Nicolakopoulos, who I believe is the former Edward Shiraz Hans. Yes, legend. Ah, I love you. that you always nail that name as well. That's very yeah. impressive. Many streams practice. Thank yeah. you for the uh, donation as well, Steve. Thank you. He says, G'day, handsome daddies. Uh, with the hype around AEW stars going to WWE, <laughs> I'm going to do you it now. Do you think Mickey Gooch could go be a cop? I am the f***ing Gooch! <laughs> no. <laughs> Never want to see him again in his horrible energy. Well, no, could he go to uh, be, be with Tony D and Stax? Uh, and also, could Mordecai lead the righteous? He could click his fingers. I've got a Mickey Gooch tag team for you. Mickey Gooch and Declan McMahon. Like, oh, like, God. Biggest heels, his, <laughs> biggest heels in the territory. Like, you would absolutely despise them. Like, oh, God, Gooch and McMahon here. <laughs> Do you want a completely wild, bold prediction? Yes. Always. Gauging by the fact that he's McMahon, mm-hmm. looking at his Twitter slash X likes, given the fact that he's obviously like a really good athlete, he plays high-level football, mm-hmm. and he probably won't be that good at it, they are going to push him as a babyface in four years, and it's going to go disastrously wrong. His nickname, because obviously the McMahon family, his nickname could be Next in line, because that's their program where they get athletes, isn't it? Yeah. I'm next in line. Declan McMahon. Declan McMahon, four years' time, PC trained. Triple H. Get ready. To get him over pedigrees on his first night. I mean, (laughs) Shane McMahon's kid almost feel bad, like he's got (laughs) knee chance. They could have signed Anthony Burns by that point, and then Deck. So, there you go. Mr. Phoenix simply says, cheers and thanks for all you do, Willie and the Ham, uh, and a new face to the street. Where face. is my respect? <laughs> well, <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> Write that down. A new face to the street streaming space. I will no longer call you the salty pineapple. I dub you Stump Dadley. Thanks, Mr. Phoenix. Yeah, thanks. Uh, Luke, some money. Luke Collins says, <laughs> Luke Collins says, <laughs> where is my respect? I like that. <laughs> yeah. Luke felt, Gullen felt right that. simply says, I like this, a different, different uh, sort of thing. Hey, Legends, what is your favourite uni memory? Lots of love. Oh, the whole goddamn thing, <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Every week, him in. I mean, I mean, man, I, I, when I met my wife, because she started kind of watching these sometimes, so definitely that one. Uh, but she was there, but she was there, so she also knows there was loads of other gutted stuff. Uh, honestly, there was a feeling, I would say, midway through your second year, where you feel settled in the city you're in, the location room with your group of friends, where you just realize, oh, class. I'm an adult, and yeah. it turns out adult life is good, actually. And what you haven't been aware of is that you've been given this fake false start to life. It's, you are walking on a cloud, I think, at some yeah. point. It's maybe like a six-month run. Third-year pressure doesn't exist. First-year nerves, uncertainty mm-hmm. is gone. There's a, there's a boom period of university, mm-hmm. boom university, and I'd say it's like slap-bang in the middle. Um, Don't get us kicked off YouTube. There was a house party <laughs> in December 2006... <coughs> Where I just saw the face of God. <laughs> and God was love and friendship with my friends. Nice. That's all I'll say. Uh, and that was just the watch along of Armageddon with a big multi man ladder match, right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> it's either when I got to nut or. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> or get involved in student radio that's led me to this, probably. <laughs> either or. Uh, Sean Tinkham, thank you for your donation and your question. It says, good day from Australia. <laughs> Glad one's at a reasonable time for us. What is the long, and I mean long-term wrestling moment you're looking forward to? For me, it's Cody and the Elite being on screen together. Yeah, me too. We're going to... We're not talking about nothing. I, Cody, um... It's the worst time to say it because of what WWE have just said, but I kind of resent that we never got Cody Punk. And if mm. there was one match in the Never Say Never version where he does, and then a couple of years' time rocks up because Cody's gone a bit cold, maybe. As hard as it is to think about, it happens to every wrestler. That's still the one. For me, I just think there's too great a story. Like, one guy talked about it. One guy actually did it. The one guy that talked about it is going to believe that he did it. And the one guy that actually did it loves talking about it. So it just simply cannot fail. And they're geniuses. So the match would deliver as well. I've got this incredibly bleak mindset right now. I don't blame you after. <laughs> where I'm tr- uh, I've one of these days, like something I'm going to coin will take off. Much <laughs> like brawl out or something. We just, right. had, we just had it, didn't we? What's that? Where's, where's, it? where's my respect? Where is yeah, my respect? where is my respect? I believe we are in there for at least millennial fans. This is really bleak. Probably, like, not the tone for this, like, nice Q&A where we get to interact with our community, who we all, like, are just so grateful yeah. for. And I'm going to try and keep it brief. We are in the post-everything era. At least the millennial fan is. Everything we ever wanted and naively dreamed about has happened, and it's all gone and nothing's left. Triple, like, think about yeah. everything you wanted in 20, say, 14. Yeah. So you say you're in 2014, and, oh, right, they didn't go with Daniel Bryan and Cesaro after WrestleMania 30. Nothing's going to change. This sucks. It almost drove him off, mm. the ultimate Fed yeah. guy, okay? Yeah. Think of everything you wanted back then. You wanted CM Punk to return, right? You wanted War Games to come back. I wish the promos weren't scripted. Oh, I miss blood. Oh, I really miss long-term storytelling. I wish... Vince McMahon would go away and not be in charge of creative. Oh, I miss WCW. Oh, I miss jumps. I miss everything came back. It was better than you could possibly imagine. And now it's gone. And what's left? There was always something, right, that kept me abuzz about wrestling. 
on the margins, ROH DVDs, right? PWG torrents, New Japan resurgence led by Hiroshi Tanahashi. There was always something that if I got bored of the primary thing I liked or what was on the mainstream, there was always mm. a counterculture thing or a new movement. Where's that? There is nothing to replace everything. AW Follow me on Exit M. Sidgwick. AW is this weird thing, isn't it? Because it still has the potential to present you with everything you could want, but it does kind of consume it very quickly. So, like, the hot thing isn't hot very long because, like, they end up on Rampage after six weeks. I've made like, this point it's a million times, but I think it's very pertinent. So, before we move on to the next question, thank you for your donations and your listens and your views and everything like that. If IWA Mid-South, CM Punk, came out now mm. and was working Defy or whatever, right? <clears throat> AEW would sign him. AEW would have him on Rampage. AEW would gobble him whole and not let him naturally become great. This version of AEW would take that version of AEW, of that version of CM Punk, before that version of CM Punk, had that match with Eddie Guerrero and was like, oh, God, I'm terrible, actually. Yeah. And then went on to ROH and really became the best version of himself. There's no feeder system, really. There's no new movement. Like... The, Tony Khan's just too greedy for his own good, and that is the ultimate story about AEW, and I'm kind of full at have, this point. Have you got a match to, to that point? I've seen it. Yeah. I've seen everything. <laughs> Kenny Omega Danielson is the one, because when that first happened, and again, just to underscore it, that happened on my birthday. Yeah, which is uh, normally like the crowd, wasn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's normally the sequel, isn't it? It's like, that was so good, the only thing you'd make it better is if it was on my birthday, or that happened in the original. <laughs> I didn't put that in the sequel. Yeah. Like the- I want to see that match with Kenny not being quite as physically broken as he was at the time, and he's still so unbelievable that the match was still this just dreamlike masterpiece. Um, but Kenny Omega, again, he looks... Remember what he looked like in the Vikingo matches in the first Osprey match? Mm-hmm. Like, he's, he looks different to even then when yeah. he come back and was in the best shape like catches up quicker doesn't it i catches him up quicker these yeah. days uh thank you to just daryl thank you for your donation just to write what up turds <laughs> thanks daryl <laughs> thanks daryl that was worthwhile uh, eric vasquez lovely oh, you, eric. first name eric. Eric. uh he says 7 a.m in good old pa uh good thing i don't sleep big man <laughs> <laughs> um more good more like good thing my nearly 35 year old bladder is my alarm yeah we're all yeah. Good oh, I can't get back to sleep after f- uh, quarter to five anymore sit you down <laughs> sit you down wheeze that's the way you can potentially yeah, stay yeah. asleep sit down and do uh, Eric says anyway just how are you guys genuinely oh all, right. better, all the better for that not so well after that before but pretty good love this love the shit out of this I love this highlights love this. of my everyday until yeah. I get to see my beautiful family love my new coffee hobby Love that. Yeah. Like, like, you guys all helped me get over the terrible CM Punk news yesterday. Like, mm. I was better by the afternoon. Sidgwick was using, dickhead, was using analogies of Newcastle hammering Sunderland to be like, can I tell you why you're sad, Hamlet? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Remember no time <laughs> yeah. when you were really sad? But it actually sort of worked, and then we <laughs> around in the afternoon. It's great. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, living my best life. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to complain about. Uh, Mr. Phoenix is Didn't back. Get, uh, pissed on today. Hmm? I didn't get pissed on today. No, uh, he went for his he went for his jabs this morning, but he was hard as nails, so he's fine. And, and he's in the smiley. That Wilborn DNA. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. Um, he's in the. We have, I've told you two already, but and I've I think we've already bored you with photos and videos and the like. But he's eight weeks old now, so he's in the smiling stage, ah. and it's 
I honestly, if I'm if I am ever I'm a bit tired, that is just snaps me straight out of it. And uh, yeah, we've got about twenty different Halloween outfits to dress him in already. So you get like only one day. Yeah, no, but we'll, uh, just wait. You've already we've already started decorating the lawn. We've gone all out this year. We're 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 a full on spooky house this year, definitely. Gargano's over it. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> we're having the, we're having all the the kids over from the uh, NCT class. We're all hosting a big Halloween kids party, so that's going to be lovely. You're going to get a video. There's a lot of babies. Like. Yeah. yeah. You can get the video through. Lay down some some, some tarp or whatever. It'd be fine just to catch all the... All right, I thought you meant... Not like that. Mr. Phoenix says, with the satiric dirt sheets and the objective success of WWE's almost anti-surprise approach to Jay Cargill, <sighs> is the surprise debut an antiquated notion? It's another thing that Tony Khan has made me bored of. Yeah. Through excess. I mean, I still love it. Yeah, there's like... The first dance was the like the perfect compromise wasn't it of how hard it is to pull off a surprise if you do a tease that everybody thinks they know mm. sold out a building on a on a virtual certainty and then wwe patterned it with cody yeah absolutely like so that's probably the way to do it because you replicate the feeling of a surprise where everybody's got a little bit more comfort jade cargill's a different one altogether it's I a really happy medium because you're not allowed to do it like didn't warner I, warner media kind of told aew off for not even teasing sting yeah they said after the fact can't do that again with a star of that magnitude like i know mm. they've done other surprise debuts since but with a guy of that magnitude who could be a game changer you tease you promote ah, it. get the graphic out and right. they found the sweet spot with da punker so mm. the um this is not to dig out this particular wrestler because i love him but you get it with the guys that maybe aren't obvious draws like WWE didn't think to mention that roderick strong was gone and AW could keep him as a surprise, and that's like, but they're always going to be like mid tier surprises. Yeah. The Cargill one, I think, is a kind of separate thing altogether. Yes, there would have been value to her as a surprise, but you also have to assume this is considering how much Triple H just assumes that everybody watched his terrible CWC NXT, the way he brings people up to the main roster. They haven't made the assumption that everybody knows who Jade Cargill is. They've simply told you over and over again, she is massive. This is massive. And while they're doing that, she's in the performance center, like, getting as good as she possibly can be mm. to pay off their build. I just think that's quite an intelligent way of, like they could have chosen a surprise route. I think this one is better. Yeah. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. 
Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful too for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Uh, OG Stem Cell, thank you for your question. Again, uh, <laughs> What tag team from WWE do you guys want to see in AEW, and why is it the Creeds? Thanks for the entertainment on the train to work. Um, it kind of is the Creeds, but yeah. at the same time, like I want as much reason to invest in a, in WWE as possible. <laughs> um, so I'd honestly keep them in WWE for mm. me. Genuinely, I think they're on the right track. I think they've proven an ability to get over in that system. You can take them seriously in that context. Now keep them in the Fed for me. You've picked Julius Creed quite rightly as a, a future. Yes, I think star. it's going to be the fair. I think that's everything that they want in a top guy. Um, they're on their way, or they're on the way out of WWE at least. Um, it would have been grizzled young veterans. Yeah, because um, they would actually put a microphone in his hand as opposed to a stupid contact lens. In his <laughs> eye. And that is the key difference between the two promotions. Uh, Zach Gibson. It does feel like they're still destined to show up as well, doesn't it? Should. Like, there's a team at the moment that I think are doing just great in WWE. Again, it's it's a thing where, like, this would have been such an easy question years ago because you'd be thinking of, well, who do I still want to say stick around in WWE? Mm. But, like, considering how great this last year has gone and how there's clearly still loads of big stuff to do, I think AEW would be a really good home for Alpha Academy. There's a Butcher and the Blade... Uh, I think of other examples of like the kind of there's almost comedy mixed with hard hitting wrestling and Gable's a polymath so again AW suits him because they would find every good thing that you do everything good thing that you can do and maximise it mm. so we'd have all the great matches and do all the great comedy he's done that in a system that has only just started to reward him for it so I think they're, they're quite a nice mix of talents and styles that would fit in AW and that it's always been one of the biggest FTR curiosities because the magic they made with Gable as much as obviously Jason Jordan was vital to that, they chuck a big guy in there as well. I think that gets even better. Nice. Otis and Dax, I don't think see eye to eye. Is that true? Pro, pro, he'll do business. He'll do business. <laughs> I ain't necessarily much of a meat eater, but <laughs> I'll break ham with that man for the good of the business. Uh, Daniel, the guest, says, what was the reasoning for doing the YouTube podcast now? What took so long? I think it was just purely personnel reasons. We've got the brilliant Adam Nicholas uh, as our producer now, and... Is it wasn't really we'd always wanted to do it, haven't we? It's mm-hmm. just been a load of fun and and uh it's just organization. It was admin bollocks, really, wasn't it? Yeah, boring time and stuff and having somebody that is willing to sit with us this many times a week to be patient with Thanks, mate. This, this guy. Thanks, Nicholas. Thanks, Nicholas. <laughs> Thanks, Gay. This week he's enjoying it. Give it give it a few weeks. Yeah, there'll just be that like sort of sorry out of service thing where the camera's falling up. Yeah. <laughs> it goes up as a slate. Uh, Brandon Lewis says, Hello, do you think Dragonov will fit well on the main roster or will he slot in as a mid-card? Are you bloody joking me? Literally talked about this with Murray this morning because obviously if you use Gunther's obvious comparison as someone like a Gunther, just about nobody thought he could make mm-hmm. it. And obviously WWE changed quite a lot right as he was coming up. Was he about to like lose the belt and become an anti-American heel as one of like Vincent Mann's calls before he was shifted out and then you got what you got with Gunther? I think he chance, stands the best chance ever. 
Put it like yes. that. I was really weirded out by Ilya Dragunov and almost couldn't watch him through cringe, through like a physical reaction to his style. And he's kind of won me around. Like force of will with the quality of his matches. I don't know, becoming callous to his weirdness, I suppose. And there has never been a time more where a Dragunov can work than right now. Triple H mm. likes what Dragunov does. And he's found a way with Gunther to promote this on his like on his biggest shows. Like Gunther looks, considering that he's this raw exclusive guy, he looks the best in stadiums. How has that happened? You know, mm. like we were there at Clash at the Castle, the WrestleMania thing is I think still my WWE match of the year. Like he's a big stadium wrestler from the guy that looked his best in grimy pits, having chop battles with people. Dragonoff will probably work. Do you think Dragon, in his own words, on the main roster could still be? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, very entertaining. He's too good to fail. Yeah, Dragunov. He is so good that you can bristle when he's got a microphone in his hand where that horrible combination of the scripted material they give him and his just flat-out weird delivery. <laughs> yeah, he's a weird guy. <laughs> it's like, oh, but then when he wrestles, he's just so intense He's just such a great storyteller. He just wrestles his heart out and then loves the fact that it's not in his body anymore because <laughs> that would some significant pain. He's just too intense, too good, too captivating that it's kind of a universal joy to watch him yeah. wrestle and be a babyface. Mm. Undeniable. Cody said that because WWE was such a stupid company that they denied him over and over again. Yeah. They deny less guys now. Like... Uh, Joshua Hill Lavender writes, I just wanted to, as an Australian, wholeheartedly approve of Wilborn's impression of my people. Oh, there you go. How do we feel about Edge versus Cage versus Jericho in AEW? No. No, not for you? Not for me, Jeff. Christian Cage and Chris Jericho had amazing chemistry that, given the material, you wouldn't want to do it now, and they couldn't do it now. Yeah. Nonetheless, together, they had a chemistry that you could update for mm -hmm. modern sensibilities. Um, I'd love them as a team again. I'd have vitamin C back tomorrow. Yes. Copeland. Nah. Nah. I think the value of Adam Copeland is to see him, you know, the ratings might not bear it out against Leechosaurus, but to see him wrestle the guys he's talked about in these press conferences. Let's have a look at Let's Edge, have, I Edge see versus Kenny Omega. Edge, like, Adam Copeland versus Kenny Omega. Do the like, weird ones, you know. I just want to see the whole joy of seeing Adam Copeland jump into this brand new world is to live in it. Yeah. The best thing with Jericho was, ah, they're back together, you know, the backstage bit. Yes. Did. That's enough. That's like, oh, we, we used to be on the same TV show, and now we are again. What time are we on, Wilbur? Uh, still got a bit of time. Still got uh, 25 minutes left. Oh, awesome. Jeff Ray. Uh, last half form. Last third form. Third form. Third form. Got third empty. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. There's <laughs> a glass. There's definitely a glass. Jeff Raidmaker says, Hello, legends. You can like both is a great idea, but it seems like Tuesday hurt more than it helped. Do you agree? Is there blame to be cast or does that even matter? I think how we've got it right now is potentially perfect. This TV war was relatively meaningless and loads of fun. I think anybody that got worked up or stressed was, you know, I'm not speaking to Jeff directly. If he was stressed out by this, I think they're probably missing the point. I loved watching Tony Khan go insane on Twitter because that's ultimately how he feels. He's a, <laughs> he's a poster. It's a cliche, but he's a poster still. Um, WB being bitchy and petty is like, 
often great to look at as well in short bursts. We're going to get a minimum of one of these a year. I would actually campaign for them to be quarterly and get rid of Battle of the Belts, Battle of the Brands. Like, this is fun. This is really fun when the consequences are and the stakes are low. It's so low stakes. Yeah, I'm for all fun this. For now. Yeah, for now. For yeah. now. You, like, um, if AEW wasn't to get its next... What we presume to be pretty big TV deal, mm. I might think differently, but I would think very differently. I, mean, I think my love affair with professional wrestling would be dead forever. I <laughs> <laughs> um, as a one-off, it's a bit of fun. Like I, you know, when you go back as a writer and you read something from two years ago and you think, <laughs> "Oh, what I'm writing now is going to suck in 2025." Like the only true regret I think I've ever had uh, as a content producer for What Culture is that I took the 2019 thing way too seriously. And I think maybe I uh, hyped something up that maybe wasn't there on certain weeks because I just was wanting it to succeed. Because mm. the thing is, like, I was kind of biased or preferred AEW before AEW existed. Yeah. I used to. I once wrote a column in my uh, article in my God the comment section, and they hated me to begin with. It slaughtered me. Oh, and then on the website, when they had the, the comments. Yes, yeah, and oh, it was 10 that. reasons WWE should implement a clean win-only policy. And I wrote that a full year before AEW was even trademarked. I was biased towards the vision of AEW before AEW existed. So I was kind of protective over it because it was just my thing that I really, really liked mm. and wanted to see succeed. And nowadays, it's going to be fine. And it's at the point now where if it's not going to be fine, it would be their own failings as opposed to a one night a year for now where they get kind of embarrassed by the developmental brand. I just, I've lost the will to care a little bit. You like AW so much. Didn't you write a book about them? Yeah, I did actually, yeah. What was it? Have you got it by any chance? Well, it, it depends on what kind of words you like. Oh, I, I like passionate, insightful words, me. How, how many? How many do you, do you like, Hamlet? I mean, I like between 110 and 130, but only specifically with 10,000 okay, yeah, yeah, somewhere in the middle of that, then. Well. <laughs> What's the buckle! The buckle! 120,000 <laughs> passionate oh, and insightful words. Oh, yeah. Uh, do you live in the world? I do. Oh, buy it on Amazon, then. <laughs> Back in the buckle. Back in the hole. <laughs> Also, I'll say about the war, like, this shouldn't be the reason why AEW does this, but a lot of things in 2023 should be making, uh, I'll just say, Tony Khan, not AEW, Tony Khan should be looking inwards about what might be going on in that company more than he is projecting. What does he want it to look like? Yeah, like, yeah, he has, we were in a press conference in May where he said, June's going to be the biggest month ever. There's going to be, like... Fight forever. Fight forever. Forbidden door. And, like, we've all got Wembley on the horizon and all that sort of stuff. And it's, like, that's all true. Spin. But a lot of people have kind of just come out of the show feeling like it's maybe the worst AEW pay-per-view they've ever seen. And then the builds... Wrestle Dream discounted the builds. So they, he's on these four pay-per-views, greatest pay-per-views ever. Like, he might not be wrong match by match, but, like, three of the builds were pretty crap. Mm. And, like, he's he doesn't believe it or he doesn't think it or whatever... I don't think ratings war, a ratings war defeat should force somebody to look inward, but I think it's good when things do. Like Vince McMahon did it once ever in his stupid life as a wrestling promoter. Just evil life as evil, well. Evil, bad, <laughs> awful life as a wrestling promoter. He only did it once. And like Steve Austin kind of happened and Brett and Shaw. Like 1997 happened and that yeah. was double treble goaded. Like there is, an, there is an, uh, a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for AEW. I just don't think he's maybe looking for it. I think he's actively ignoring it. 
Uh, kid Icarus, thanks for getting hey. involved, Kid Icarus, uh, right in. I thought you were going to say kid there. Yeah, hey, kid. kid. Cheers, kid. Uh, Is the Undertaker now? Too, uh, too early for me Both to watch. It. Have you seen them in the same room? That's the point. <laughs> too early for me to watch live, but I wanted to get a question in for when I watch it back. What is the best recurrent wrestler cameo on a TV show, and why is it Vader on Boy Meets World? Cheers, gents. Yeah. Um, Piper on It's Always Sunny. Yes. yes. He's got such a, oh, God, that guy's bad news energy, or oh, that guy's had a life energy. You can barely hear what he's saying half the time. Yeah. That kid's maniac. <laughs> not, anymore, not anymore there's a not good sitcom uh, switch your brain off eat your dinner with it a show called The Goldbergs and Goldberg is on it because yeah. he's not a member of the Goldberg family he's basically the local PE teacher and it's 80s themed so they put him in those like tiny skimpy shorts and teacher tops and like it's Goldberg's body in it like those biceps are busting out the ear at the top he's not a bad actor Goldberg you know considering like how seriously he to take himself as a wrestler he sends himself up on it as well yeah. must be the money like he's just like not interested in doing it in wrestling uh, thank you next to Jose Palomares at the, the Ho Eleven, 11. of course, on Twitter, who, uh, alongside uh, Adam Blair, at Adam Wilton Ford, takes care of the... Um, Data. Thank you uh, for Ladies Night on our Dynamite previews and reviews. Uh, Jose says, to the Dadleys, what is your favourite dad moment so far? Uh, the legendary Burt Wilborn shared on X will always rule. Yeah, that's probably the highlight for me recently. We were in a uh, shop and Louise was buying some new jeans or something and I was just looking after Eric and he burped so loud that everyone in the store turned around and looked at me because they thought it was just me letting loose. Uh, hope you guys have a great day. Hope you have a great day, Jose. It's one that gets me right here, especially now that Sid thinks I'm a sheet psychopath, uh, when my kids will, like, they'll do it, like, often, which is nice, which I'm really proud of them for, but, like, whenever you see, like, you put kids with other kids to play together, ever, and then one of them falls over or does something, and your kid, without asking and without provocation, shows empathy and goes to help, and goes to hug. That is like next. I'll, like Who doesn't love when the kids smile at them, when they're little, the first words, the first steps, all that kind of stuff. But they don't know that you're watching, and they just go and do a thing not to get a toy out of it or get a treat out of it. It's not a transactional deal. It's just checking that somebody is all right, and I think that's pretty much going to get you through life, isn't it? If you yes. care that people are all right, you're good. You're good to go. Absolutely. Um, in a general sense, if my daughter sees me and I'm meeting her, if I'm going out somewhere after work and I'm getting off the metro and she's at the bottom of the metro bridge, like, you feel like you've accomplished something when she bounds over and just sprints into a cuddle. Like, nothing can stop her from wanting to show affection yeah. to me. That's just amazing. That's a general sense with her. With James, he tried really hard to play football and I didn't realize how young they started <laughs> these days. So he was technically levels below his new teammates mm -hmm. from the team he joined about a year ago. And nonetheless, like, he just stuck at it. He just did this thing called a mashup that they do where they're not on a team, but they just do it for the love of the game, like Tony Khan with Timothy Thatcher and Danielson. <laughs> and he just played and played and played with not even, like, the idea that he might make a team, just that he wanted to do it and wanted to impress. So for him to go from pretty behind, and it's my fault, his mates, when he scored his first goal. Oh, oh what a moment. As an FA Football Association registered player for a team. Uh, it's just that was class. I get a podcast adjacent one. It's every time when my youngest drops a rogue. Yeah, he's aid. Like, <laughs> how's this happened? That's yeah. class. I kind of make him watch a match, but he'll copy our bollocks. Sure, we had Charlie on the, uh, one of our late night oh, pandemic. God. Yeah. What went down? He rocked up at uh, the Clash of Champions 2020 stream. 
like as I was recording the limb room because we were so loud and excited about Roman Reigns taking his top off that I woke Charlie up. I was like, yeah, but look at him. He's not got a flat jacket on anymore. Big Dog's becoming the tribal chief in front of my very eyes. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go back to bed. <laughs> like, I'm getting three years' time. Like, Jey Uso's going to finish the story. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Pitt says, a question for Sige. Uh, Danielson doesn't retire for about 10 years. Awesome. But Wilborn has to do commentary on all of his matches. <laughs> Every time I see the Poseidon you need. Wahey! <laughs> yeah, where's the scenario? Don't these scenarios... <laughs> Did you see that? Aren't they supposed to have, like, a negative side? Yeah. <laughs> You just made a good thing better. <laughs> Who do you rather have as a shoot on AEW Collision commentary? Adam Wilborn by himself or Kevin Kelly and Nigel McGuinness? Adam Wilborn by himself. <laughs> All day. I think I speak for everyone. <laughs> oh, yeah, Moxley. Yeah. Love oh, Mox on commentary. Yeah. A lot of people did. <laughs> Ate a lot of <laughs> for that. You did. <laughs> you did. Deservedly so. Out of taste. <laughs> You're reading Pamphlet, how does it taste? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Wilborn, we're going to get fined for that. Oh, swearing so cool. <laughs> you do it on the podcast know, all the time. I know, I know, I do. You're an absolute inveterate hypocrite. <laughs> uh, Johan Benson says, Meltzer made a comparison with WCW where AW signing the older guys, aka De Edger, and potentially using the young, lo- younger Starks, Cargill. Is this unfair? Yeah, what do you reckon of Meltzer uh, saying that? It's Dave, right? So, like, I know everybody's got a different relationship with Dave, but to people our age, he kind of invented all of this. We're sitting here, as far as I'm concerned, because of the work that We would Meltzer not be did. here without Dave Meltzer. Yeah, like, no. he's foundation of all of this. So, like... But you don't have to agree with all of his takes, just to point that out. You don't have to all time. agree. You don't have to agree with everything he said, so that's fine. I have always understood the WCW comparisons because sometimes it's fun for AW leaning into them. The Collision logo, the opposition, TBS, TNT, etc. I think telecast. Telecast. Tony Schiavone. Whereas business, I just think, has changed. Like, yes, you could look at it as a booking mistake if, say, things don't work out creatively. But it's a boring answer. Like, if HBO Max or whoever drops billions on AW then you can kind of just take chances on this, and if it doesn't work, fine. It was a different game back then. Those TV rights did not exist anywhere near. These stars that you brought in, older or not, were there to potentially sell pay-per-views and house shows. And far be it for me to say Dave doesn't know that, because he does. I think he just likes looking at patterns, and he's, he's always loved referencing history. There's no nothing wrong in that. I just don't agree with the fundamentals of it anymore. What's the question again? Just so I can answer uh, what it properly. You, uh, thank you, Johan, for the question. Uh, what do you think, make of Meltzer comparing uh, WCW basically signing older talent and losing younger talent like like WCW did, basically? Um, I'd have to wait for a, a more firm pattern to emerge before you draw that comparison. He's going like, it's Hog- like it's Hogan is Edge and Jade Cargill is Austin, isn't he? He's doing that as a kind of... Like, and it's, it's, not, it's not I respect the hell out of Dave like, 80% of the time. I would say, um, I just think fundamentally the values of the respective companies, AEW and WCW, are so different that, in fact, AEW has gone from its inception too far the other way. And like, They've got the very best out of Kenny Omega a quarter of the time. I'm not saying that Kenny Omega hasn't been great nearly 100% of the time, but as a tag team wrestler... As a guy in the trios division, as someone who's trying to bring on Kanosuke Takeshita right now, they've only put him at the forefront as the face of that brand 25% of the time. Yeah. I think they've gone too far in the other direction where they have tried to use established names to make mm-hmm. other wrestlers. And the problem is that they've done the opposite of WCW 
and it hasn't really worked. They've tried to do, right, well, we'll have the older experienced guys, but we'll use them f- like fundamentally to bring on the next people. Look how often Kenny Omega's done jobs. Mm-hmm. How often... Action Andretti, we talk about him sometimes. Like They just suddenly shot him into... Yes, yes. Like, the, if anything, they do anti-WCW, and it hasn't really worked. But it, I mean, it's one of those easy things. Oh, imagine if WCW actually built towards the future and had those top stars give the rub to the younger guys. Everyone on message boards for well over a decade thought, oh, that's the way you do it because WCW did the opposite and failed. It's not as easy as that. Mm. Mr. Phoenix is back saying, you've got the pen for an AW versus WWE Battle of the Sexes pay-per-view. All matches are women from one show versus men from another. There's more than one, so. What do you book? Uh, he suggested more than two, I should say. Uh, Darby versus Shotzi, for example. It feels like Rhea Ripley should face someone from... AW I've got well. no real interest just uh, in intergender wrestling. I think we create more problems by even booking this card because it's just intergender wrestling's a really thorny issue. Mm. I'm not like, saying it can't be done really well. It's yeah. just something I personally have no huge interest in seeing. I like what WWE have done where they've made um, Rhea Ripley a kind of one-way threat. She could enter war games with the Judgment Day and work the men's match just because she's the leader of the group and hard. Yeah. So, like, I think, like... If if I like him for what we know, Tony Khan has never really properly experimented with it as he's been very careful about how he's done in agenda stuff. So I think Rhea Ripley is an interesting proposition against well, I don't know, pick a wrestler. Yeah. Rhea Ripley versus Big Bill. But like it I don't know. I think it's too difficult a genre yeah. to fantasy book like that. It's not like, like just it. roster versus roster, is it? I do like the idea of Darby and Shotzi. That would be bonkers, that match. Uh, also, Competition to kill each other <laughs> the hardest. Like, who yeah. can take the nastiest I'd rather take Haruma Takahashi versus Darby Allen at Forbidden Door 3. Yes. For that style of match. <laughs> Matt Reigns has just slid in to say, the king respects Dave 80% of the time, and the other 20% respects Newcastle. See Correct. You later, guys. <laughs> 100% of me. It's <laughs> true, guys. <laughs> Uh, Aaron Shackelford, thank you for your donation. Thank Aaron. you. Uh, thank you where do you think the line is between the ex-retired wrestlers doing a spot and doing a spot to prove that, guys, we're fine. See Soraya's bump the other night. It's a bit too much for me, uh, Aaron says. Thoughts? Thoughts are that adults should be allowed to police their own bodies and they know the risks. And I understand if your investment is very high with these sorts of things, but they are only really doing it to elicit that feeling from you, to make it a bit more realistic, to um, make it look like, you know, it's a very dire situation for them. Um, I'm generally okay with it, but this is very much a... It absolutely depends on your disposition for it. Um, I'm fine, personally. I'll tell you what, because I'm such a huge Kenny Omega mark, I knew with the rational part of my mind that when he had the compression shirt and he was doing some intentional botches on his return, that was a little bit... I was like, oh, could he just be Kenny again? Because I want to make sure that you're Kenny. So I do actually get it. I, I completely get it, and I do agree that I think it's down to the individual. Um not just you, the fan, but the wrestler you're watching and how invested you are in them. I have a thing where, like, every now and then... I thought it was really clever, the Kenny thing. I was just oh, greedy. I was it, just greedy. A little bit scared. I want the whole thing back and I hope he's all right. Yeah. Like, Darby Allen is one for me where every now and then he does something because he does everything mm. where there's no, like... It's an invisible line, isn't it? There's no point where, like, well, this is fine, but this is totally mm. wrong and I've never taken a bump, so I don't even know what... I don't. It's just what I see. You know, it's just how I infer this would hurt or whatever. It was the Jeff Hardy match, that uh, horrible bump 
You know, from the out of the ring. Yeah, you remember oh, yeah. it. Visualising it now. I'm, oh, mine's yeah. like a Vietnam one, so just like it's all rainbows and colours. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was watching that thinking, oh, like sometimes I, I remember that like we have these very sad conversations months down the line when somebody has to retire through injury or kind of, mm. it's like, oh, this is like really, really sad. And then it's like, oh, like actions meet consequences or whatever that sort of thing yeah. is. And then it brings out like hypocrisy within me because another bump doesn't make me feel that way. Yeah. So it's really hard to like... I went you were just trying to do that to make it to the top of his profession. Or? That's that's good content. This is why we're on YouTube. That's okay. good stuff. He's maddest at the top, and that's where we are. <laughs> Not to make it too dark, there was a period I would say after two thousand and seven. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah. Where I fell in love with John Cena because it was weak as piss. It was real. Was it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. It was nonsense, and I was like, I'll take that absolute garbage stuff for a bit because nobody's getting hurt off that. But time. Heals wounds, and yeah. you're passing, and you want to see some gnarly stuff again. Um, hey, Hogan and Orton on that, Edmund. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, apologies to everyone if I, I'm missing your questions. There's so many great questions. I'm trying to get to all of them, uh, but one way to get yourself noticed is, is uh, like, uh, Avi's Fig Fed, who writes, Adam, <laughs> I need you to answer my question. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so I'll find that now. Uh, hey, Dadley's great to chat to you at Wembley after the show. Oh, great. Um, my question is, do you see Jey Uso winning the IC title or Jimmy winning the US title so the Usos have a title match at Mania? It's one of those they don't need the title deals. Yeah. They've got, it's really hard, and I think AEW has discovered this, to craft a really believable grudge element where you have two people who you actually believe want to fight one another, that isn't the whole core purpose of wrestling is, well, you've got that title, that signifies that you're the best, and I think I'm the best, so I want it. If you've got that believable grudge element, which is so hard to craft, just let's not double up and give someone else a, a title to vie for, so you can have a really nice card of like all stakes matches. So I don't hate the idea. I just feel like when you've got something that people are into somehow, just go with that and add stakes to another match. Yeah, we're not, um, the US title isn't exactly back like the Intercontinental title is. So you could put the US title on Jimmy as a thing for Jay to take off him. Mm. But I would point with the exact same belt. In fact, I would point to how, Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens was already a little doomed by the decision to change the title, mm. but that would have still been better as a blood feud than for a secondary belt because it made it secondary. Yeah. And this was the thing that had carried Raw for months. Like, that was much worse with the US title in it than not. Uh, Eric Vasquez says, Say Cena couldn't make Survivor Series and War Games. Uh, who would replace him to join Cody, L, A, N, I, and Jay? I'd choose Brock because, of course, I would. I mean, it's a good like. So, the Sammy, like. so Kevin, Sammy, Cody, Jay. Go, he get, uh, Eric's booked Cody, LA Knight, and Jay. So I assume maybe a four-man team. But yeah, Sammy and Kevin, actually, yeah, obviously it would be in contention. I yes. was thinking LA Knight would be that kind of vital fifth guy because okay. he's. I think they've, they've booked him quite well as the, he didn't really want to... Like, Cena had to earn his respect. Like, that initial pieing off of the handshake was made good in the tag. And I like LA Knight as this... Like, this disruptor that confuses Roman Reigns. Like, there's going to be... You think it's going to be Jimmy and Jay on either side in War Games. So Roman's not really considering this loudmouth idiot. And then he's the difference maker in War Games, and that gets you to the, the rumble. Yeah. Like, how the hell has this guy been causing me problems? What have you been doing, Paul? Well, I like the idea as well that the whole Roman Reigns character is premised on the fact that he has to be the star of the entire brand, the entire promotion... 
and everyone should be happy that they feed off his scraps and he does sit at the head of the table. LA Knight is so good at present at faking the idea that he could be a megastar, that that's the person Roman Reigns could really sell for. Mm. And it's like, oh, well, he could be the next big, really sort of fulcrum of this promotion. So there could be some story there as well. Can you think of a wrestler, and I would even include Cody Rose in this, there is not a single wrestler on his roster less likely to acknowledge Roman Reigns than LA Knight. Because even Cody would go, you beat me, man. I acknowledge you, but yeah. I won't acknowledge you a second time. Yes. LA Knight would not do that, would he? Yeah. So, yeah. Here's an idea for you. So, like you say... We, Sorry, are you in the comments? No, I'm just saying, I'm just thinking about this in terms of getting an extra fifth person that isn't just an LA Knight. So got, this isn't a gimmick. Cody, LA Knight, <laughs> Cody, LA Knight, Jay, Sammy. Let's say Kev goes down with an injury. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that wish that on anyone, of course? What about as a fifth person, just completely out of the blue, Sige? Something that I think you might like. Completely out of the blue, completely... Cameron un Grimes. Unrelated to the storyline, Dragon Lee. Dragon Lee in War Games. Well, well the <laughs> last main <laughs> roster. It's a partridge roller. All right. <laughs> Look, uh, uh, I thought... <laughs> I thought last year's War Games match until the last five minutes was criminally boring, yeah. unacceptably boring. Dragon Lee is the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's called me bored, baby. I'm on a roll. Yeah. War, games, war Games hypnotizes you. Like, it doesn't. It bores me shit. 90% of War Games matches are rubbish, and then you wait a little bit, and then you get really excited for the build. It's always, blood and guts included, it is always better as a poster, as a build, as an idea in your head than it ever is in execution, save for oh, the 1992. Because, you know, you've got to say that. If, otherwise you don't you have lose, to say it. You want to say it. You lose your internet card <laughs> if you don't say it, you know. Um, but I, you don't like it, do you? I like it. I prefer, here he comes under the desk kicking me. I prefer the 2019 women's one. Uh, but I like 92, I do. I don't care as much about the uh, God, the blood in the south. Like it's a, it's real fight and give a shit. Like it's all like it's it's good, but like it's I think it's not this five star classic that everybody says it is. It's grow good. Up, it's grow, good. Grow up. Uh, final few questions. Well, okay, like Brett Owen's not good either, is it? There you go. There's a fed example from a similar time. Like Meltzer loves Brett Owen and thinks that cage match is better than the main one. That's silly. He's wrong. Very silly. Cages aren't always goaded. Uh, Alex Christian. Mendoza, thank you for your donation, Alex. Thank you. Long-time listener, first-time caller, Alex says. Uh, Jay God. White may not be a world title contender. You talked about this on the, the Dynamite review, of yeah. course. But being orange for the international title, thoughts? I think that's a really strong idea. Um, what a crafted match that would mm. be. Like the various chess moves. That would be a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful upper mid-card match. In terms of who could be a actual world champion. My own personal litmus test for who I think should make it to the top of my profession <laughs> is how often I listen to their theme on Spotify. And last night on the walk home from the pub, I was getting my daughter to do it. Swerve, um, I think he should be the one to beat MJF, maybe at Revolution. Do you know as well, he's had a... I was looking back at this, like for end of year stuff, he's had a low-key great year. It's just that the matches haven't necessarily been high stakes, but you watch some of the stuff back, it's not really missed in 2023. Like he's uh, been, he's kind of been grinding away and only now mm, is he getting his... Swerve. Yeah. Look at the double or nothing battle royal. Yeah. Like there's been loads of little examples like that in like TV programs, mini feuds and the like. And it's like, that's maybe why these big matches feel quite natural because he's been doing it on the, on the sly. Uh, final couple of questions. Thank you, everyone, so much for their questions and their donations. Uh, Just Dower writes, Adam, Adam, 
Uh, should All Out be further apart from All In so you guys can come to Chicago for an AW pay-per-view oh, finally? Yeah. Thanks for the goated content, Legends. I'd love to go to Chicago. I've always wanted to. I always want to be a part of those rabid atmospheres. It's a total hotbed, total stronghold. And I I want one of those mad pizzas, right? I'm yeah. a fat bastard at the minute, right? <laughs> Where I, at times, if you just put food in front of me and that food was good, I think I could just annihilate it. I once went to, there's a an old, sh- ah, the shut it, in Edinburgh, like Chinese, but Szechuan Chinese, like really, really good Chinese food called Chop Chop in Edinburgh. Oh, it was the absolute best. And I, I could have sat there for four hours. Like I had to stop eating only because <laughs> the rest of the party wanted to leave and have a drink, and they were full. Uh, those deep dish pizzas, right? I've heard mm-hmm. that oh, you can only have two slices, I'm done. You haven't heard that from me. You eat that goddamn whole thing. I reckon you I can do it. feel sick after it's good class. Like you feel I want to go to Chicago for that. Pequods or Lou Malnati's. Worried I'd be uh, running into someone. <laughs> I'd, I'd give anything to run into. <laughs> I was walking the streets just hoping, just hoping against hope in Chicago. Oh, yeah, beautiful scenery, amazing pieces. Where is he? Where is he? Looking in the eyes of everybody. What day to see? Not CM Punk. <laughs> Uh, final few questions then. Body count play says who gets WrestleMania first, England or Australia? England, yeah. I would say. Um We're biased, but yeah. Time zone thing doesn't seem to be as much of an issue anymore. For Mania. Ah, uh, I don't know. Like the this we'll see how this Elimination Chamber thing goes because Clash at the Castle was a rather success, so was Money in the Bank, and the government seemed mad keen to tax us for the privilege. Like by all accounts, I don't know how much Australia's government want it, but I think oh, we'll have a Labour government soon, don't worry about that. Oh, we'll not get Australia then. <laughs> They'll spend the money wisely yeah. rather than bringing frigging WrestleMania in. Let's get some people some fucking jobs. <laughs> Healthcare and trains, please. I'll, yeah. I'll travel to America for mania. The teachers get a salary as well. Yeah. Good. WrestleMania can wait. Australia, it's all yours. Yeah. Um, James, um, uh, James Sexcellent Wright says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What a name! It's a good question as well. I'm once again asking, was Undertaker the American badass this week on NXT because he couldn't not be asked to get changed? <laughs> <laughs> um, I just think I that... To ask you, I forgot to tell you about his T-shirt, by the way. Did you see his T-shirt with the little... I've seen some of his T-shirts before, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> what, what T-shirt did he have on hey, this oh, time? Is he had, like... Uh... play a quick one? Oh, yeah. on this podcast. It's time to play the game! Time to play! What four four se- words? Well, it wasn't four words. There's more than four words. Was it? There's like there's how many words? Then I can't guess. Yeah, let me find a picture of it. I'm not four. looking. Thank you for the donations and the support. You people are incredible, absolutely um, incredible. Yeah, I can't yeah. actually fathom it. What what set of words? Yeah, groups of it was in a group of four, wasn't four it? Words. Did the Undertaker have on his shirt? Playing bones, green try, making bitches cry at wrestlers' court. Very good guesses. It was old school. <laughs> Course it is. Old school. Choke flam. Tombstone. Last ride. <laughs> last ride was. I wish it was his last one, right? <laughs> I'd see him all the time. I never put the Undertaker over for anything because he was. Shit. 
But remember the first last ride? It was pretty good, wasn't it? Remember when he did the elevator like, with the wedgie sort of thing? It was like, <laughs> oh my God, he's 100 foot in the air. <laughs> yeah. the, the last, like, uh, the under, I like him way more than you as an in-ring performer. Mm. Like, oh my God. I mean, he catapults off those ropes. Like that last ride was like, like you are getting sent to hell forcibly. Mm. You, can't, you can't do a tombstone. Well, that's the Undertaker finish. Well, have a look at this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. Phoenix says, do you think talking about wrestling the way you guys do on a large scale and I do on a smaller scale? Yeah, Mr. Phoenix has got his own uh, channel, of course. Uh, will be a feasible TV endeavor the way movie reviews shows like Ebert at the movies was? Nobody cares about wrestling. And less people seem to care about TV. Yeah. Which helps us, I guess. But I'd love it, Mr. Yeah. Phoenix. Don't get me wrong. But um, I... Just don't think it's feasible. It's just not respected. We get nowhere. <laughs> Where is my respect? We just, uh, it's, we just, we've tried it backstage, bombed. Yeah. Now you see the ratings for oh. backstage. Maybe now if WWE was hotter, but I, I doubt it. I doubt it. It just gets no respect as a form. Mm. So any artist, like, it's not just people don't get it. Like, people, it's like, as you know, as everyone probably has had that conversation with that friend, that work colleague, when they, Find out. Mm -hmm. It's always them finding out. Imagine not that you as well, yeah. Broadcasting it to the world. Like, they don't just think it's stupid. They think you're stupid for enjoying it. Like, <laughs> my wife has watched some wrestling with me, and she, the idea of them selling, she finds it hysterical. <laughs> like, she just finds it really, it's not like, you know, flatulent Natalia or The Undertaker. He was a loser. <laughs> it's watching someone sell, in my opinion, really well. Yeah. She'll just go, ha, 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 How's he running? Yeah, we can see him clutching his knee a little bit. He should just not run then. Yeah, no. No, you, no, you don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do like this sort of thing, we've got a live show coming up on November 21st. The tickets to go on sale. Get a plane. 10 a.m. tomorrow. Asshole. Don't get a plane. Forward <laughs> slash... Tickets. Uh, final question comes from Jason Fratto. Jason, thank you again for your donation. Um, he writes, and uh, Matt Reigns has not been happy about this in the comments I've just seen. He writes, hello, Hamlet, hero to humans, oh, the thanks. newest Dadley, and the coconut with glasses. Not very nice. But if you could add a form of... answer this f***ing question, then. <laughs> he gave us $20, Sid. We have okay. to ask you. <laughs> um, if... <laughs> 20 notes of 20 feet. Like, oh, thanks. <laughs> If you could add a former wrestler to a current stable and a current wrestler to a former stable, who would you pick and why? Uh, wait. Former wrestler to a current stable. You could add... See, he's been... I didn't see, see that reaction. I was trying to work out he there. Said, he was expressing incredulity at the stupid question. I wasn't. And, I'm the, and I'm the one who gets murked. What was the question again? Add a former wrestler to a current stable and a current wrestler... He just couldn't work it out because he's thick. To a former stable. Tell me again because I was talking over you and I understood it, but the listeners and the viewers <laughs> might not have. Current wrestler... To a former stable mm -hmm. and a former wrestler to a current stable. So add someone to the bloodline. Or, I'd put The Rock in the bloodline. Yeah. That's uh, a bit boring though, isn't it? He didn't say it need to be entertained. He's just some questions, Sid. Not sure if you saw uh, Ava being recruited. <laughs> bloodline. Uh, Ava, she's only got a surname. It's Rock's daughter. Right. Bloodline on NXT. Um, Jason Fratter writes, love usage, by the way, in the comments. Oh, so, yeah, thank you. So uh, basically, what Sid yeah, would like yeah, to say yeah. to uh, Jason Fratter is... Hey, 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 hey. You are right. Hmm. I would like to see as a shoot now 
Hardcore Holly joined the Blackpool Combat Club. Yes. Wow. Hardcore Holly. Like when they like beat up Wheelie Eater and stuff mm -hmm. and slap him. <laughs> I always think it comes from too much of a place of love. Yeah. Watching Hardcore Holly slap Utah and doing Utah versus Hardcore. I'm not joking, man. It would be class. They had it with Cody, didn't they? Yeah. First time round. Yeah. yeah. Like, that could get Utah over. Uh -huh. Especially because he's like thought of as a bully, isn't he? So like, Utah has to fight back. Yeah. Yeah. But like, peak Eric Hardcore And <laughs> given the how good he looks in black leather, how much I would kind of like to see him maybe dye that beard. Like black with the stubble, right? I want to see Kenny Omega in the NWO. Can you imagine oh, the yes. aesthetic wow. wonder that would be him? It kind of was the Bullet Club. But time, I know, but I know, like, I know. Yeah, like, but like the real T-shirt, the real, the real deal. I, it's never going to happen, and that's what makes me a little bit sad. Because, like, to be fair to him, he set up his life away from it completely. I would love to see what a Shield reunion would look like with these three as they are now. Like, how does John Moxley make it work with friggin' <laughs> Elton John and the Tribal Chief? <laughs> like, I, it's but they're all stars on a much bigger level than they yeah. ever were even together. And the reunions were pretty hot first mm. time around. I sort of want to look at it. Fascinating. Uh, right, let us know your thoughts on everything we discussed in the comments. And if you enjoyed this and you want to ask us more questions, we do a live Q&A every Monday on the What Culture Wrestling Podcast YouTube channel. What time? Uh, generally... Sing, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> him. What, midday? That's early for But thank you, everyone, whether you've just... Uh, whether you sent us questions, whether you've donated, or whether you've just uh, lurked and watched us today, if you uh, want to ask us more, like I say, do join us on Monday for that. And tomorrow... There will be a live wrestle culture on the What Culture Wrestling Podcast oh channel. Boy, I will not be watching that. Uh, but for daily <laughs> wrestling podcasts, uh, subscribe to What Culture Wrestling. Support them. And tomorrow, 10 a.m. tickets go on sale for our live show. Uh, make sure you are there. WhatCulture.com, 10 a.m. for that one because they'll they'll go like that. Hopefully, yeah, I hope so. Yeah, we're pushing it pretty hard. There's only 50 <laughs> tickets. Buy tickets. <laughs> Tuesday, November 21st, the Mosaic Tap. Pay £10 for that. In <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for now, this has been uh, your questions answered, our live wrestling Q&A. Uh, my thanks to the Dadley Boys. I'm a Dadley Boy as well, so thanks. Yeah. Uh, thanks to our producer, Andrew Nicholas. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details.